with me here to Romans chapter 12. Just remain standing for a few moments. Romans chapter 12. And then you can put a marker there, but we're also going to Romans 13. Some of you, it's on the same page. Some of you got a page over. Some of you got to scroll down. Some of you got to scroll over. I don't know how you have your Bible, uh, but prayerfully you will have a Bible. Now, if you're here this morning and say, well, I don't have a Bible uh, you're also saying you don't have an excuse because in today's day and age in technology, you can download an app like that. So some of you, you can download Uber. You definitely got Uber Eats. You can download Domino's. You can download all those other things, but, oh, I can't download the Bible. It's too far. Get that Bible, put it on there, do some smart things with a smartphone. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. If you have it, say, mm-hmm. It says, don't copy the behavior. Actually, let me say this. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, the NLT. The NIV is very similar, but the NLT says this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now jump on over to Romans 13, verse 11. Romans 13, verse 11 says, this is all the more urgent in the New Living Translation. It says, for you to know how late it is. Time is running out. Then I like this. It says, wake up. Tell your neighbor, wake up. Tell your other neighbor, wake up. It says, wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand with conviction and tell him, wake up. Then you may be seated. If you're watching here on YouTube, or on Facebook Live, and you're wondering if you can't see me, you're just hearing a voice, no, this is a camouflage jacket. I really am here. But we thank you for watching uh, from where, uh, wherever you're watching. We get a lot of people that watch actually from all over the world. Uh, we get so many different comments, and we get a lot of different uh, messages that people tell us. We, we thank God for the messages. I got a lot of people that were even uh, saying how uh, you know interesting, and they didn't know the legacy 
of Victory Outreach Heart, Victory Outreach Hayward, or Victory Outreach International. And uh, the last month really blessed them. And so we have a lot of people that are able to watch. We actually have a lot of people that watch from Indonesia and the Philippines, and then quite a few from Cape Town, South Africa. And so they're uh, watching right now. We even had somebody watching from Santiago, Chile. Uh, so we have some people that are watching all over uh, the world. And for those of you that are here, uh, if you're hearing, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. So if you get a chance and opportunity, some of you drivers, uh, some of you need to turn off that play Z because he's played out. You don't need that Jay-Z stuff. Uh, you know, Beyonce and all that other stuff. Turn that, You don't want her driving with you. You want the word of the Lord driving with you. So if you get a chance, you can listen to these messages. Put them right there on your, uh, your podcast, listen to them, and get your faith growing. Can I hear an amen? amen. Somebody say, wake up. Amen. Okay, we're, we're going to try this again. Parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When your kids, when you're trying to get them up, I can't think of any parent here, especially in Victory Outreach, that maybe you do, maybe you do this, but I don't really do this. I've never really done I've never really gone to my kids, and maybe you just come and say, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, my, my son, my daughter, oh, I look so cute. Can you please wake up? Wake, wake up. Now, maybe you do that, which is cool for you. But for whatever reason, my kids are in a deep slumber. And so when I tell them to wake up, I open that door, and I say, And for whatever, uh, uh, what? So when I tell you to say wake up, I want you to tell, I want you to tell me, I want you to tell the person next to you, the person behind you, and the person outside these walls to wake up. On the count of three, I want you to give me a loud wake up. Are you ready? Give me a wake up like you're telling your kids from across the room, you're downstairs and they're upstairs, and then they're playing music and they can't hear you, but you gotta say it as loud as you can. I want you to give me a loud wake up. One, two, three. Whoa, that's a wake-up right there. Some of, us, some of us this morning in the spirit, we need a wake-up call. And I believe that here this morning, we're going to get a, a little wake-up call. Dale Carnegie said, if you can't sleep, or yeah, if you can't sleep, then get up and do something instead of lying there worrying. It's the worrying that gets you, not the lack of sleep. A lot of you here this morning, maybe you're, Find yourself in a state of worry, a state of anxiety. You got to wake up. Tell your neighbor, wake up. Somebody once said, when you wake up every day, it's like a new birthday. It's a new chance to be great again and make great decisions. Somebody also said, sleep is nothing more than a little slice of death. You got to wake up here today. Some of you are in a slumber and you got to wake up. Someone also wrote, everything happens for a reason. But sometimes the reason is that you're stupid and you make bad decisions. Everything does happen for a reason. Sometimes we're the ones that put that reason in there. Why is this happening to me? You're the one making those choices. Why is this going there? Why is it always happening to me? Why not her? Why not him? Well, some of you here today is because you got to wake up. Wake up from the slumber. Wake up from the hurt. Wake up from the pain. Wake up from the discouragement. Wake up from that and watch what God can do. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes when you wake up. Somebody say, wake up. See, Paul was writing to some Christians who needed to wake up. I know a few Christians like that. 
got to wake up. They need to stop living for today's pleasures and for the flesh. They got to get right with the Lord. What Paul was trying to do is he was trying to wake up lukewarm Christians. People who believe, but they didn't want to follow. You ever met people like that? You go out there on the streets and you tell them, hey, you know, Jesus loves you. They go, oh, Jesus loves you too. Oh, really? You're a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Amen. But then as you look at them and you see where you met them at and what they're holding in their hand and where they're at, you go, mm, I don't know. Right, right away, kind of your radar goes up, right? And you're like, wait, hold on. But you know, the reason why is because they are a believer. They're just not following. Because in order to follow, you can't be a zombie. So we're going to get this in just a little bit. You can't be a zombie because a zombie just goes wherever, whenever, and that's why they're called the walking dead. They look like they're moving, but they're really not awake. They're not awake. What Paul was trying to do, he was trying to awaken the spirit. That's why the Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning time. And the reason why it says that is because joy comes in the morning time is the morning time is the time for you to wake up. That's what the morning represents. It represents a waking up when the darkness leaves and the light shines through. And so that's why some of us here this morning, we have to wake up. There's an old French proverb that says, not the day only, but all things have their morning. Not just the day, but some of you, your spirit, it has a morning time. Your spirit has a morning time. Some of you, you've been coming to church, but you've been sleepwalking. You've been sleep moving. You've been sleep shaking hands. You've been sleep smiling. You've been sleep thumbs upping. Hey, God bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You've been sleepwalking, but I believe that here today, some of you, you're going to have to wake up. You're going to have to wake up. I'm going to keep saying this over and over and over until it gets drilled into you. You've got to wake up. Somebody say, wake up. Somebody say, wake up. There was a woman one time that she panicked so much, and she said, man, life is too short. I want more. A man looked at her and said, then wake up earlier. You ever said that before? There's got to be more to life. There has to be more than that. There's got to be more than just waking up, going to work, getting a paycheck, coming back, eating, and then going to sleep, and then waking up doing the same thing, right? You ever said that before? There's got to be more to life. You know why? It's because your spirit has to. There's a reason why for that trial, you just can't see it. There's a reason why for that blessing, you just aren't appreciating it. You got to wake up. When you wake up, you appreciate things a whole lot more. You appreciate, you see things in a different light. I remember uh, the first time I went to the, uh, to the Philippines. And when I went to the Philippines, that, that was a life-changing experience for me personally. Just for me personally. You know, because here in America, being a young man, I think when I went, I was about 18, 19 years old. And so when I went as an 18, 19-year-old kid, I went out there, and, you know, Americans think an American way. We just do. And you don't know it until you go to a non-American country. You can go to another state, and it's still America. You can go to another county, another city, it's still America. Go to another country that's not America, you'll think differently. And so the first time I went to the Philippines, it really changed actually the way that I eat, to be honest with you. It changed the way that I eat. Not because rice was everywhere in the Philippines, which it was. 
But because the way that I ate, I didn't see leftovers the same way. I just didn't. And I haven't to this day. I just haven't to this day. Because the way that I eat now, I make sure, oh, man, if there's anything, and I'll, you'll even see me sometimes when people have leftovers. I go, oh, you guys got leftovers? Okay, when we walk outside, I want to make sure somebody gets this. Somebody has that because, man, look at me. I was just in there indulging over, over what I should have. That's why it's called leftovers, right? It went a little bit, little bit too much. I had an experience of just changed the way I eat. Change the way I see things. Change the way that I am. And when you have an experience, it will change certain things. When you have a wake-up call, when you have a wake-up call, see, some of you here this morning, that's why you can come to church and it's not a big deal what you did Monday through Saturday because you haven't had a wake-up call yet. It's still a, hey, at least I made it to church. That's good. You did. Your feet made it to church, but your heart is still somewhere else. You haven't had a wake-up call yet. Right? That's what a wake-up call will do to you. It will change the way you live. In 1776, the United States had declared independence from the British oppression. They wanted to be free from tyranny, monarchy, and aristocracy and proclaimed that all men are created equal. Now, the thing about it is that it didn't stop the wars, but it established a governing body which gave way to natural rights and gave birth to the ethics that has formed a core of political values in the United States of America. Now, this morning, I want to share with you a couple of things that we today have freedom from. Somebody say freedom. Now, the thing about it is that it doesn't stop the wars, but you are free from the authority and the stronghold that may try to oppress you, discourage you, or even try to destroy you. You are free. Somebody say, I am free. Tell your neighbor, you are free. Now, before I give you a couple of things about how your freedom is, in other words, what Christ died for, I want to give you just three quick things what Christ didn't die for. What Christ did, because you have to get a freedom of understanding, because if you don't, you're going to think, well, this has to be God. It's got to be God. And I want to make it as clear as I can for you to wake up and understand there are a couple things that he didn't die for. Number one, he didn't die for your American dream. I know this might kind of conflict with some of you here today. Like, wait, what? That's, wait, huh? Hold on. I thought God wanted to bless me. He does want to bless you. He does want to give you favor. He does. But don't mix up the American dream for God's promise. I'm going to say that one more time. Don't mix up the American dream for God's promise. See, Jesus didn't die to make us wealthy and comfortable. He didn't die for you to be living in the life of luxury. He wants you to prosper. But look, at, look at, uh, every single person in this place is very prosperous. You want to know why? Because watch, you can do this. Are you ready? Are you ready to prosper? Here's prospering. Every single one of you could do this right now. Watch this. Everybody breathe in and breathe out. You're blessed. You're blessed. See, some of us sometimes, we're not awake to the fact that when we wake up in the morning, that's a blessing. Some of us wake up and we go, oh, I look at my driveway. I don't have the car I wanted. I'm not blessed. We wake up in the morning. We look at our bank account. Ah, oh, I don't have as much money as they do. I'm not blessed. No. 
Christ didn't die for the American dream. He didn't die so that you can live in a life of luxury. Listen, God may bless you with temporal comfort, but don't forget about the temporal suffering and even sometimes even spiritual embarrassments that do happen. See, we cannot mix, mix up physical blessings as a sure sign of God's favor. See, the Bible says every good and perfect thing comes from above, right? Every good and perfect thing. Here's a perfect example. For those of you parents, remember when you first had your first child and you held your child in your hands? Do you remember that? You look and go, oh, look at it. And most parents, even like myself, we look at our baby and go, oh, they're so perfect, right? Oh, perfect little eyes, perfect little fingers. Look at those little feet. They're just so perfect. I just want to nibble on those. So perfect. Right? Aren't, don't, uh, okay, am I the only one? Okay, maybe I was the only one. You look at the baby and you just go, oh my God. I just want to hug him and squeeze him and love him and hold him and call him mine for the rest of my life. The problem is they don't stay that size forever. <laughs> then they start growing up. Then they start biting and chewing on everything. Then they start running into windows and bumping into their head. Then they start running all over the place and you can't catch them. Then they start running, taking off their diaper and pooping in the corner. And, you, and it's not even your house. And then you get embarrassed. Oh, my gosh, what is going on? Then your kids start growing up and say, Mom, give me money, give me money. A dollar? That's all, I can, that's all you're going to give me is a dollar? Just one dollar? Oh, man. How rude. How, then all of a sudden they start, you start arguing with them, and they start arguing with you. Well, I hate you. Well, I hate you even more. I, was, I don't even know. Why are you even? And then they're gone, and they left, from, then they left from your house. And you're like, ah, oh, and then you're in a big old struggle. And you're like, but what happened to the perfect thing? It didn't change. See, the problem with us when we see God's American dream is we look at the thing as a perfect time, not realizing that everybody has a perfect season. There is a perfect season. That's why the Bible says for you to know when you be transformed by the renewing of your mind, you will realize God's perfect and pleasing perfect will. It never says perfect moment, perfect will. See, the kids that I use as an analogy, they're perfect for you. But you have to grow into being a mother, grow into being a father, grow into that blessing of perfection. They're still perfect. They're still yours. They're perfect. You're per you are perfect for your parents. Did you know that? Even some of you that maybe you have strife with your parents, you're still perfect for them. You are perfect. Your kids, they're perfect for you. That car is perfect for you. That job is perfect for you. You must understand every good and perfect thing comes from above. No matter even if it breaks down. When you first got the car, man, I got blessed with the car. Two weeks later, it breaks down. This dumb car, what's wrong with this thing? It was perfect two weeks ago. What happened? No, that blessing was still there. You have to learn how to appreciate the season of where you're at. And when you understand that, you get a wake-up call. Tell your neighbor, wake up. Wake up. He also didn't die to be the poster boy for our cause. Now, this is a hard one. He didn't die to be the poster boy for our cause. Now, this is very important, especially in today's political climate. I want you to listen to me. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, conservative, environmentalist. Uh, it really doesn't matter to me what exactly you are. 
But it's very easy to take our very own traditions, our worldviews, and even our causes, and paste Jesus' name on them and call them Christian. But I want you to know this. Jesus isn't a conservative Republican, nor is he a progressive Democrat. Listen to me very carefully. Jesus is God, period. That's it. I got to be very clear with this. Because this is the kind of stuff that you see in the political divide. You just, even nowadays, you just say the word Trump and people, oh, have you ever met the guy? Nobody in this room has ever, has anybody ever met Trump? I've never even met the guy. But yet, we, some of us, we say the word, oh, I hate that guy. That's how it was with Obama when people would say, Obama go, oh, I can't believe it. People would do the same thing with Bush. Oh, I hate Bush. You just say the certain names and all of a sudden a political climate gets into your spirit. How did that happen? What took place there? Where did that door go? Listen, Jesus didn't die for your political cause. He didn't die for that. That's a, Jesus came to die for your sins, to free you from the slavery of sin. Can I hear an Amen. See, his death was freedom from sin, not to build our own little kingdoms. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I want you to really hear me out on this. I support certain causes, but those causes cannot save you. They cannot change a sinful heart, and they definitely cannot save you from eternal death. I'm going to tell you right now. Those causes cannot save you from eternal death. The Bible says, let God be true and let every man be a liar. Hear me out on that. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. As I was putting my notes together, I thought about what had recently happened. And me and my wife, we went to go see a great movie. It was actually really good. I liked it. Matter of fact, go see it. It's a really good movie if you ever get an opportunity. It's called Unplanned. You ever seen that? Has anybody seen that movie? Unplanned. Great movie. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. Uh, but also at the same time, be prepared because it, uh, it will rock your world. It will definitely rock your world. I wouldn't uh, advise you to take little kids to go see it in, in, in the first scene for sure in particular. But it has to deal with abortion. And the first scene, I, I don't care about anybody else in that room. Me, it rocked my world. It rocked my, I couldn't even watch. I could hear it, but I heard it. I was like, ooh, I was, whoa. It just, it rocked. I'm not even a woman and I was hurting. I was like, ooh, I'm in pain right now. The movie became a little bit controversial within the Christian realm. And the reason why it became controversial was because somebody had watched the movie at Caleb. Caleb is the largest uh, Christian music radio station in America. They have a lot of syndicated uh, satellites all, all over America. And uh, they're even streaming uh, a lot through the Internet all over the world. So they're a very big company. And so there became a controversy between... Caleb and, and uh, Unplanned because Unplanned was not promoted and the people from uh, the production company of Unplanned were very hurt. They were very upset. You should be promoting our movie. It's a Christian movie. And so when I first heard about it, I'll be very honest, I was upset too. I was like, yeah, how come Caleb you should be promoting this? What's wrong? Or maybe, or maybe I thought, you know what? I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They're missing the boat, right? Maybe just they didn't hear about it or they didn't see about it. Uh, then I did a little bit of research. No, they did hear about it. I was like, wow, they're not, what's going on here? Then I came to find out my mother works for Caleb, right? 
And so I spoke with her, and we were talking, and and she started she started sharing with me the reason why they didn't promote the movie in particular. There was a lot of reasons. There was a lot of different things. But then the one reason they gave me in particular, now remember this, it's Caleb's choice. They don't have to. They don't have to do anything. You know, if I put out an album, and it's a Christian album, and then Caleb doesn't promote it, if they choose not to promote it, well, that's on them. You know, they're missing out on how awesome I sing. <laughs> you missed out, Caleb. What? Oh, oh, oh. It's not going to happen. Trust me, Caleb, it's not happening. Don't, don't worry about it. You're, you're good. But it's their choice. So I found out their reasoning, and one of the reasonings why, and I guess it was the scene that also I questioned as well. There was a scene in there that just didn't make sense. It was just one scene. That's all it was. It was one scene. And they just shared about how when she changed. And for those of you that seen the movie, and I don't want to give it away, but there's just one scene in particular. She goes into the restroom and she cries and she's hurting and she's in pain. And she's crying. She's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. What am I doing? And she has like an epiphany moment. But at that particular moment, she doesn't cry out to God. She doesn't, you know, ask for God forgiveness or anything at that moment. So Caleb's seen it as it's just more promoting a cause and not bringing people closer to Christ. Now, that was their thing. That's their thing. But do you see how controversial it gets? Even be talking about it right now, some of you are like, wait, hold on one second. Hold on. Now, there's a lot of God in the movie. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of God in the movie. It's all over it. It really is. I, I really believe that the Spirit of God, that movie is being used to help young girls and help women stay away uh, from aborting their babies. It's a powerful movie. Me and my wife, we watched it. We were touched, right? Both of us were touched, deeply touched. I'm not going to lie to you. I cried a little bit. Ooh, it got me like, whoa, it really got me. I was like, wow. So I know the spirit of God was all over that movie. However, Caleb just made a choice to say, you know what? We're not going to promote a cause in particular just because the person or this production company. I said, oh, okay, all right. Now, I said all that to say this. We're living in a day and age where people can feel within their own rights just slap the name Jesus on it and say, well, it's Jesus. But really, you have to dive a little bit deeper into it. And you have to look into it. That's why when you and I, when we talk to people on the streets, and we say, hey, God bless you, and they go, hey, I'm a Christian too. You do the same thing. You go, are you sure about that? Are you positive about that? Like, you, you, we do it all the time. We do it every single day. Now, I say that because a lot of us sometimes, don't judge people. You make judgments every single day. You made a judgment call just to come to church. That's a judgment call. You didn't have to come, but you came. That's just, and so when people say, oh, don't judge. There's a book in the Bible called the book of judges. Strongest man in the Bible was a judge. So if you're going to judge, you just got to judge correctly. And so you and I must be very careful when it comes to certain causes. I love these causes. I love, I, I believe wholeheartedly uh, that women and even the men that are involved with that, that women should not be aborting their babies. I believe that wholeheartedly. Because I love God, I hate abortion. I don't like that. That's not a good thing. Because I want to please the Lord in this temple, I don't want to get drunk. There's certain things because I love him, I'm going to hate sin. 
And so you and I must understand that when it comes to Christ's death and what he died for, he died to free you from sin, not to promote a cause. Are you hearing me? Now, this is very important. You have to catch this because if you don't catch it, you can get swept under and you can fall asleep. So you must wake up. See, also, Christ didn't die merely to raise our moral standard. He didn't die merely to raise our moral standard. See, you know the problem with grace is that grace is not consumer good. It's not exactly a hot commodity. And you know why? It's because grace reveals our utter dependence on God. See, because of this, grace looks unattractive to the people who want to believe entirely on being independent. Especially, I mean, can you think of anything less American? America is all about dependence. I mean, we celebrate independence. But all of a sudden, grace says, no, I depend on God. I don't need God. I don't have to have God. I can do it on my own. Right? You ever heard people, I don't need to go to church. I could do it on my own. I've seen people that say that too. I don't need church. You know, that, you, you know what that's saying? When you're saying, I don't need church, that's like saying, I like the husband, I hate the wife. That's what you're saying. I love Jesus, I love the groom, but I hate his bride. That's what you're like, wait, wait, no, that, that doesn't match. There's no match there because the two are one. Are you hearing me? The two are one. So when you understand why Christ died, you know that he didn't die to raise your moral standard. I know a lot of people that aren't Christians that are just good moral people. They're givers. I know people personally who tithe and they don't go to church and they don't want, they even have told me they don't want to follow Christ, but they tithe because they know it's a good thing. They know the principles of it. So you have to understand Christ didn't die just for you to be morally good. Christ died to free you from sin, to give you grace and mercy, to give you a hope and a future. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? See, yet our pride and self-righteousness are just as offensive to God as the sins of the pimp or even the murderer. See, we all need redemption found at the foot of the cross. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? See, you know what he died for? This is what Christ died for. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. I'm going to give these to you really quick, and then we're done. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16 says, But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. See, he died for you to be free from guilt and shame. You're free from that. You're free from that. He is the defender of your, our faith. Can I hear an amen? See, you're going to suffer for doing good, but it's okay. The Bible says, let them be ashamed. See, even Saul got knocked off, knocked off his high horse and became Paul later. See, Peter quickly went from a miracle water walker to a guilty denial liar. What Christ died for was for you to be free from guilt and shame. See, I can always tell when my son is lying to me. I can tell because the guilt is on his face. 
The shame is in his countenance. And I'll say, hey, Stevie, Elijah. I could just pick one, one of them at any time. We're probably up to something. Sometimes I don't even have to know what's going on. I'll just go, Stevie. I'll go, yeah, who did this? I don't even know what I'm talking about. I just wanted to see if he knew. Elijah, what did you do? I, I, well, I didn't mean to. I, it's guilt because they know that something was wrong. They know that. It's on there. And that's why I know many times some people, and I've heard this before and I've seen it a lot before, uh, a lot of times when people will see me as the pastor, I'll be like, hey, go, oh, man. Uh, is he waving? Is he still waving at me? He's not waving at me, is he? He's, wa he's, wa he's waving? Okay, just keep walking. Walk a little faster. Just keep walking. Just keep going. He didn't see. He really didn't see. He didn't see you. I know he didn't see you. Just keep going. Just keep going. Because I understand the representation of who I am. Now, I'm, now, to be very clear, this is another hot topic for another day. I'm not Catholic. We're not Catholic. So you can't put your sins on me. You can't put your guilt on me. And I can't take them from you. We ain't Catholic. We ain't involved in that. That's not us. But I also, I do understand the exampleship and the representation of the anointing that God has put here on this earth and the authority. So I understand that. So that's why you must understand that when you see me, don't look at me and go, oh, man, I feel bad. You should know that God is everywhere. And then when you, when you do something sinful or wrong, you don't do it against me. You don't do it against the church. It's to the Lord. So what you must understand is that when you feel that guilty heart and that guilty conscience and that spirit of shame saying, oh, my gosh, I'm so shameful. I shouldn't go to church. No, at that very moment is when you could say, God, I know that I've sinned and I've sinned against you. God, take this guilt. Take this shame. I want to be free from anything that's been trying to bondage me away from you, God. So here today, you can be guilt-free. You can be shame-free. Tell your neighbor, no more shame. Look, I'm going to tell him, no more guilt. Another thing that he died for is he died for you to be free from your past. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 says, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. L listen to me. That's very important. That scripture, a lot of times we skip over because we want to get to the new creation. But right there, it says, now we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Stop thinking worldly. You're not in the world anymore. You're not a worldly man. You're not a worldly woman anymore. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Can I hear an amen? The word old means ancient. Now, this is very important. When it comes to the ancient, of, in this particular time, what they were talking about, in this particular old term, ancient meaning not relevant anymore. Now, I'm not talking about the classics. Some of you, when we talk about classics, oh, we got the classic car, we got classic this, classic. No, 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 classic, no, you got to remember certain things. But what we're talking about and what he was talking about here is he's talking about things that are not relevant to your future anymore. It's old. Listen to me. You're not a hustler anymore. Everybody's not out to get you anymore. 
Some of you still wake up and go, who's going to talk about me today? Who's talking about me right now? You're still constantly looking over your shoulder and you have no peace. You have no peace. And God's trying to say, I want to give you a new heart. I want to give you a new mind. Listen, some of you here this morning, you got to understand, you've got new feet now. Your feet go different places. You've got new ears now. You've got a new tongue. You've got new eyes now. You've got new hands. You're, you're, a, you're a new creation. You're not the same person that you were before you got saved. You are a new woman in Christ. You are a new man in Christ. God has given you a new heart. You're new. Somebody say, you're new. Somebody say, I'm new. You're new. Let go of that bitter heart. Let go of that guilty heart. Let go of that shameful past. That's not you anymore. That past is gone. Some of you, you still wake up and you go into your spiritual closet and put on that old jacket. That's not you anymore. We just recently was able to celebrate the life of uh, Manny Aparicio. And when we were here celebrating his life, I was talking with his mother. And his mother, when I first went down there and started talking to her, she would look at me every time I said Manny. Every time I said Manny. Every time I said Manny. And I'll go, yeah, you know, Manny, we did this, Manny. Did this. And she would look at me. And she goes, you got to forgive me. She's noticed how I, when I would see her, and she would look at me, when I would say that, she noticed that I noticed she was looking at me different. And so she goes, you got to forgive me because we don't call him Manny. We call him Manuel. I'm like, oh, okay. But she goes, I loved it because every time I heard Manny, I thought of the good new person he was. He's the new, that's the new Manny. So she was excited. She was happy because Manuel represented that old habits, the old way of thinking, the old living. But all of a sudden, Manny, oh. Now, it's a, it's a small change, but it's a big difference, right? Just ask Paul. He was Saul. But it just changed his name just a little, just Paul. It, well, it, sounds the, it sounds the exact same. Oh, no, 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 but there's a difference. There's a difference because the old name, that represents the old me but I got a new name. Oh, I got, somebody say, I got a new name. I got a new walk. I got a new talk. I'm a new creation in Christ. And if any man be in him, I'm a new creation. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand of praise if you're a new creation. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand of praise if you are a new creation. And lastly, and I get ready to close with this, is that he died for you to be free from your sins. Romans chapter 6 verse 20, it says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now, somebody say, but now. Somebody say, but now. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are free from sin. 
free from sin. Listen, I, I got to get this in you. Some of you got to wake up here this morning. You are free from sin. You are free from sin. You are free from sin. The old is gone. You are free from sin. Sin is defined as a simp simplicity of just missing the mark. Sin is just missing the mark. What, you, what it is now is that you are hitting the mark. You are hitting the mark. You may not do it the way that you feel it, but now, see, before you were without Christ, you went through a certain trial. The crazy thing is, is that even after Christ, you might go, go through the same trial, but now you're free from missing the mark. That's the difference. You're not hitting that mark. You're, you're free from uh, missing that mark. Now you're hitting it every single time. Before you didn't hit that mark. Now you're hitting it. I got it. See, some of you, you can go to the archery now, and you can go with your eyes closed. Boom, look at that. I hit it. You see that? I hit that. That was tight, huh? That was tight. That was tight. See, before you would do it on your own strength, and you'd be boastful. Look at this. Watch this. I got this. I got this. Uh, boom. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Because you did it on your own strength. You did it in pride. You did it in self-righteousness. Look what I could do. Look at what I could do. I could build my own family. Watch this. Watch this. Look at this. Look at this. Look how awesome of a dad I am. Look at that. Boom. Oh, oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I, did, I didn't mean to do that. Look at how great of a worker I am. Look how, see, that's the only difference. You're still a dad now. You're still a mother now. But now you're free from sin. See, are, are you getting, are you catching this? See, some of you here this morning, you got to wake up. You are now a new mom. You're not that, that old mom that you were before. Yeah, you got the same kids because they're perfect, <laughs> kind of. They're perfect for you. You're, you're still a mother. You're still a father. You're still a brother. You're still a son. You're still a daughter. You're still these things, but now you're free from sin. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. My friend, you and I will always be a Gary Coleman to righteousness. You got to get my humor when you catch this stuff. You're, in other words, you're always going to fall short. It's always going to happen. You may fall short, but God's grace is long enough and strong enough to pick you up out of that miry pit, to take you away from that and say, you are my son, you are my daughter. I have given you a promise, and that promise is still going to come to pass. I am giving you freedom. Luke chapter 7 and verse 47, as they come to the piano, says, but whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. But whoever has been forgiven much, loves much. See, somebody once says, it's easy to take liberty for granted when you have never had it taken from you. It's easy to take liberty for granted when you've never really had it. See, that's why many people here who have been in jail, have been in prison, they have a certain perspective on things. They have a certain way of looking at things. See, before they went to prison and before they went to Christ, they seen the police a certain way. Right? I hate the cops. Can't stand the cops. Cops, man. Call them even certain names. They're pigs. They're this. They're that. Can't stand the cops. But then you go to jail and you go to prison. Man. Why did I do this? Why did I get this? Man, I should have never got caught. Why did I get caught? If I wouldn't have got caught, this wouldn't happen. It was his fault. It was her fault. They wouldn't have snitched on me. Then you go through your own process. 
But then you get saved. And when you get saved, your mindset changes. Now, all of a sudden, when you're driving and you see a cop, you're like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. Seatbelt. Everybody put your seatbelt on. Everybody put your seatbelt on. I am not getting pulled over. I'm not getting the ticket because you're going to pay for the ticket now. When before it was like, eh, stupid cops, I dare you to pull me over. Now, all of a sudden, no, 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 no. Why? Because you understand you're free from sin. You're free from your past. You're free from those. The old is gone. I'm a new man now. I think differently now. I see things different. Now I learn to honor and respect those in authority. You may not like the cops all the time, but you got to respect their authority. You have to respect who they are. Respect who the ones. Listen to me. You may not like the president, but you got to respect it. You got to respect who's in office and respect the way that it's going. Listen, there are a lot of things that happen a lot of times, especially within our governor. Even our governor, I'll tell you right now, it's very difficult to like a man who's actually very openly said he hates the church. That's what he said out of his mouth. He has said that. But see, I just don't respect him. I respect the one who put him there. Because God, God knows what he's doing. That's fine. So that's our governor. I respect that. I'll respect you as our governor, even if you say that you hate the church and even if you say you want to do away with the church. That's actually what he has said. Look it up for yourself. I'm not making this up. But I respect that. That's fine. I respect it. Go ahead. Do your thing. Because I know what God has called me to do. See, I'm free from any guilt. I'm free from any shame. I'm free from any shackles. I'm not chained up by anything that the world may try to put me down on, discourage me, and put me in a place and put me in a box. No, no, no. I know that my God is bigger than anything. My God has given me freedom. I can walk into any place at any time and share the love of Christ. No matter what anybody may say, you can walk into an atmosphere and people may look at you and say, what's wrong with you? There's something wrong with your head. There's something wrong with who you you are how could you think like that but because of the love of Christ because of what the love of God has given me I can walk into a dark place and I can shine a light brighter than any darkest place that is ever here on this planet I know that my God has given me freedom 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 no matter what has happened God has given you freedom stand with me here this morning he died for you to be free from your guilt and shame. Died for you to be free from your past. And died for you to be free from your sins. Here today, this morning, my prayer here is that God is going to put something upon your heart as a ministry, a God-given ministry, a God-given cause. And you're going to move forward with it, and God is going to bless you with it. God is going to bless you with that cause. God is going to bless you with that movement. That you're not going to get sucked up and sucked in to anything, but you're going to take that passion and say, man, that same passion that I have, I'm going to use it for God. I'm going to use it for His honor. I'm going to